just understand the difference of whether you want to be a hobbyist or like make this a professional endeavor. All right, welcome to another episode of Cyber Patterns. Today we've got Warhadal on. He is one of the most interesting, exciting artists in the space. I'm really excited for this conversation with NFT NYC coming up next week and the bear market on going on right now. Uh, this seems like a very timely conversation. I hope you enjoy. All right, cool. Um, so I hate recording. I just want to hop into it and uh, ask the important question. Uh, when was Warhadal born and, and how? <laughs> So Warhada was born in 2018. Um, I went super deep down the ICO rabbit hole. And, you know, my background, like I grew up painting. Um, I co-founded a couple startups by that point. Um, but with the ICO era, I just like, in 2018 specifically, it was the only thing anyone could talk to me about. Like to the dismay of my girlfriend, my parents, um, between Bitcoin talk and discord, I was just like zombie, but, uh, there was a night where I said to myself, like, if I could come up with a crypto art concept to receive more crypto, I would be on top of the world. And so that's where I started messing around with different names, um, landed on war huddle, you know, Immediately with a brand name, a name, I always check to see if the .com, like the socials are available, and it was. Uh, and then I started messing around with art concepts and just growing up painting, like pop art is, is I have such an affinity for. So uh, it just landed on, the first one was Bitcoin Soup, um, which was a, a five by seven painting that I did on top of a Ikea um printed canvas i spray painted it white and then painted on top wow oh. yeah and how are you how did you translate in, that into an nft so the end of 2020 mm -hmm. over those years from 2018 to the end of 2020 like it was a hobby at best like i still had um a cpg brand that i was running with uh, a friend that i grew up with and like here and there on the side, I was painting. I tried launching Warhoddle anonymously back then. Like it didn't really work. So I was like, whatever. It's just, it's fine if it's a hobby. Um, but a neighbor of mine, he runs the venture arm at Experian. And he retweeted a fewocious video on my personal Twitter and I was like, what is this? You know, because he's few I was talking about NFTs. And I was, I was like, holy. I, so I spent a month doing a deep dive um, pretty much beginning of 2021. And then like February 4th, I minted my first, um, not even first soup can, but I minted like 34 different pieces the first night. Because I, I remember telling myself, I'm like, I don't know what's going to. I don't know if this will work or, you know, what'll stick. Yeah. So when did you start seeing momentum with the NFTs? I, and this is something I've been vocal about, like, especially in the early days on Clubhouse. The next morning I woke up to two of my one-on-ones being sold 
Um, and I listed all of those pieces were one of ones and I listed each one at one ETH. You know, the irony of like where we're at right now with just the market in general, um, ETH at the time was 1700. And like, that was considered a, a total win, you know, and like <clears throat> uh, got into ETH a lot earlier than that. But uh, what I did, this was the life hack or like the growth hack that I've shared on Clubhouse a, a ton. The same night that I minted all those pieces, I went on Twitter and like uh, different artists that I admired or like different collectors that I respected, I would go through and like their tweets, but I would like the replies to their tweets as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and what that does, it, you know, on their end from a notification standpoint, like it's almost a ping, you know, and, and if you're, if your profile and like your top tweets or like your pinned tweet has enough um, that's captivating, like it can lead to, you know? And so the first piece that I sold um, with no prior contact was to a, uh, his name's Jonathan Hibichi. And he runs a, uh, a pretty substantial crypto fund out of the UK. And like two hours before he bought my piece, he dropped like 28 ETH on like a hack of tau piece. And I was like, got it. It was such a, and so that like inbound interest, um, it was like a reverse inbound interest. Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. That growth hack, I definitely know. And uh, one of my threads, a couple of them went viral and then I get alerted on some of the comments and it gets annoying, honestly, but I, I see, I see who it is and who does it. And, you know, like I personally, like I send my shit, my threads, whatever I need to send to distribute. And so, especially in the beginning, that distribution is key. It is, you know, and there was such a, um, a falsehood around, well, you need a following in order to sell. Mm -hmm. And, uh, at that time, I had under 100 followers on Twitter uh, at the beginning of 2021, you know, was still able to sell, uh, you know, one of ones for one ETH each, you know, like, and ended up selling through those and like, you know, it, it grew from there. Yeah. So I bought one of your pieces, the, uh, the other side, the gas fees, WTF yeah. one. Um, how, I, I forget the exact timing, how soon after like the, the other side purchase, did you post that? Like you had it up pretty quick if I remember, right? Right. That's the beauty of, I think, NFTs in general. Um, you know, it's ultimately right. If you zoom out enough, um, to me, it's like NFTs are, they're a function on the blockchain, right? But from a creative standpoint, like from an artist standpoint, you know, which I think very much is one of the first use cases of NFTs as a function. Um, what it allows for is a direct value exchange. And like, so you're able to, you know, on the fly mint something and with the real-time connectivity, um, early days clubhouse, but now, you know, Twitter spaces, Twitter, like you can see like that, that loop is instantaneous. And so I've just, in following certain moments through crypto culture, like um, the gas fees, original gas fees was one of them. Um, 
the clubhouse soup can that I've created. Uh, but with other side, that was, that was actually a couple weeks after that, the other deeds Saturday, that, that nightmare that we all lived through, <laughs> um, to the power of Twitter, uh, someone tweeted at me and said, you should bring this back, but the Yuga version of it, basically. Nice. Nice. Actually, yes. it, was, it was the next day after. And then that week, like that following week, I dropped it. Nice. And thank you, by the way. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. I was hype. I did not have enough ETH for a other side. It's like a, like a deed or whatever. And I also kind of didn't want one. So I was, I was very happy to get what I think of as like a poster as like a, like almost like a, a concert poster, you know? So I was happy. It, you know, these, these soup cans in those specific moments have become mementos in so many ways, but Jason, I'm going to tell you, you're better off not having <laughs> got my, after after gas and everything that night even being whitelisted like my sunk cost per per deed per plot it's like six ETH. Mm -hmm. i mean it's just it, it hurts yeah yeah <laughs> no. we're we're in testing times right now uh period yeah for real what do you think is uh is coming in the future Really, I like I woke up earlier today than I have in a long time, just like mind racing. Mm -hmm. You know, my my uh, first startup out of college that I did, that I co-founded um, was a nightlife app. And the CTO at the time introduced me to Bitcoin pretty early and then like did a sit down, like a two hour sit down right before ETH launched. And so like, like I've lived through moments like highs and lows completely um, within the space, but the addition of NFTs, I think is interesting where, you know, already like hype, hype and buzzwords were on their way out. Um, but moving forward, I mean, it's just, you know, everyone says in like the crypto world and in the, the NFT world, one day feels like a month, you know, or one day feels like a week or however long. Um, I think with everything we're enduring right now, that time will slow down. It's just getting people to think twice. Um, but, you know, I remember something I heard really early on in the NFT space. Don Diablo said it. At, in a clubhouse room and it was you need to understand whether you're a professional whether you're operating as a professional or you're a hobbyist expecting professional results <laughs> so like people dabbling and hoping that you know on hopium then this will probably be like you know long-term detrimental like I'd say uh, maybe for you and I, it's like, if I feel it, I still feel it. Like it, it can throw you off mentally, but like, it's not like, you know, black swan per se. So long story short, like, where does it go? Um, I think it gets back to, to true 
building and less shininess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I know I personally, I also woke up kind of, kind of fritzy, um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't have all my, all my money invested in it. You know, I, I feel, I feel okay. Uh, and I, I definitely, I'm not trying to do any, any trades or anything. I'm really just, I want to stack ETH and like, you know, stack some Bitcoin as well and just hold on to it as, as the, the network effects take hold over the next few years. And, uh, you know, what goes up must come down, what goes down must come up, you know, so right. I'm just going to wait it out. <laughs> it's kind of the plan. Um, and when you think about like the space that, that we're operating in and creating in, like, you know, having come from the world of startups, it's like, there's always, I feel like there's two different modes. One is proof of concept, binding proof of concept. And then two is scaling. And we're way past the proof of concept stage for crypto, for NFTs, um, you know, projects will come and go, but it's about the, the scaling part of it all. And like, I just, none of this deters me to like go somewhere else. Like it, I'm too enamored by the space. I'm like, I also remember when like the total market cap of crypto was $300 billion across every token. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, just, it depends on perspective and, and like how closely you're looking at any one um, time window. Mm -hmm. Are you but like, yeah, I'll go for it. No, I was just going to ask, are there any big art projects or, or new pieces that you're working on specifically? So having come from like the physical world of things, right? Like started painting these soup cans on canvas in 2018. Um, plus just last, last April, this past April, I did a, a giant, six foot tall physical aluminum shell soup can for Bitcoin 2022. Uh, like there's something about see it, feel it, touch it, right? Like I've created physical products in my past. Like it's just, there's something about that that I love. And so uh, like even for NFT NYC coming up, which, you know, everyone's like, what will that be like? <laughs> What I'm doing, you know, instead of trying to be super structured over those days, like there's a couple events uh, that I'm involved with, but like I'm rolling around with a portable screen printer and I'm doing on canvas, like on the spot screen printing pieces mm -hmm. of art. Like, so just, and I know you said big, um, there's some collab opportunities with like known organizations like outside of crypto where for me is like a pop artist it would it would bridge from maybe decentralized pop artist to like also cultural pop artist um in this year that that's a big focus of mine yeah that that's and really cool it, it it intrigues the you know but it's something that i've just like because I grew up painting like as a kid and like, and in high school, I shadowed under Mad Steez. Like I've like just had a pulse on it or been involved with like the creative realm, like learned graphic design in middle school. Like it, 
it's just always been there. Um, and I think to, to cross that bridge as an artist, like into like, you know, like true, like I might have my pulse on like, you know, one of the bigger auction houses this year, like, you know, there's certain things that like, it's not needed per se, but as like a, a stamp, you know, to get that stamp as an artist would be cool. Um, anything that I was planning bigger on like an NFT front, like let's say collectible series or, you know, of course, PFP, like I was mentally just hiatus for a second, you know, to, to see how this plays out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. So for, for artists trying to, I don't know, just get into NFTs right now or coming up in it right now, would you tell them to kind of hold off on big projects or, or uh, just focus on, on staying, uh, <laughs> you know, staying liquid? I, to me, like what we're, what we're rolling through right now is uh, more or less a crossroads. And that's where I think, you know, you go back to that notion of just understand the difference of whether you want to be a hobbyist or like make this a professional endeavor. Um, on my end, like from, from that standpoint, uh, like I'm scaling, I'm scaling into a startup outside of my artist persona in this space. I'm like, that's what I'm like truly focused on. I think as an artist, like if you're just discovering NFTs or like you finally have, even in this crazy market, like have the gumption to mint your first piece, like putting it out there with the expectation of like, uh, I just want to gather collectors, not necessarily all the ETH up front, you know, cause you can do pieces. Like I wouldn't be deterred just because, uh, the values are quote unquote down. Like, again, having minted those first pieces when ETH was at 1700, like I didn't think anything about the ETH price. Like it just, it just, it was what it was, you know? And like it growing from there, like um, for, for much of that time, like awesome. But uh, ultimately, again, like for the creative industry, NFTs, it can become a gateway. Like we've seen it change so many lives around us, but in simplest terms, like it's another medium and it would be wrong. It, it would be ill-advised to not explore this medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I have, I have an old friend who is a, a film photographer and just refused, refused to check out NFTs. He's a damn good photographer. I was like, man, there's some photography NFTs trending. Like, you know, if you want, if you want to give it a try, but refused and um, it's, it's silly. <laughs> you know, in John Knopf is like a homie. And I just, mm -hmm. I remember seeing the photography movement, like take shape on clubhouse, but like it didn't used to be a thing. And then it quickly became a very big thing. And like, look at twin flames, obviously like with Justin, like, but to your point, somewhere in the creative community like the IRL creative community like NFTs were like painted 
in a really negative light. Like, I don't know where exactly. I do feel like it at some at some level it's a group think. Like whether it's like um oh what's the website? Art news or like if agency people like like NFTs are I don't know. But there's enough really talented creatives like your friend who are just so anti, I think, without much or without strong reasoning. Yeah. I mean, it definitely takes a level of open-mindedness to like think about digital it, ownership. Well, and so that's the flip side, just to have humility with it too. It's like crypto is very daunting. Like mm-hmm. there, the amount of steps, like the learning curve is, uh, the, there's a steep learning curve and like sharp cliffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's oh, that's a crazy mental model to think about. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just to like, I don't know. If you're posting a photo on Facebook, you just make an account, post a photo, and then minting right. like minting something on OpenSea. You got to make a wallet. You got to boom, 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 boom. And but, that's. Yeah. I feel so grateful, or fortunate, and I'm grateful that, like, especially with the ICO era, right going in between exchanges and all that and like uh my ether wallet so pre-metamask like (laughs) figuring all that out back then in a big way where it's like that month after i discovered nfts it was more just like understanding the lay of the land but not necessarily having to learn the steps you know i was able to like hit the ground running because of past crypto experience, where if you're an artist and you heard about it from another artist, like, yeah, that, that could be rough for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. And um, yeah. Are there any other artists that, that you're watching out for? I mean, of course. Right. Uh, I think in the, you know, there's so much that for me harkens back to the clubhouse era and like, and there's, couldn't tell you why, but so many of like the artists I connected with back then have also uh, since then have done like more of the immersive drops or just really well-structured projects since like, you know, I, I could think of like a thank you X or like Corey Van Lu, like what fuck Brinder's doing with like his own metaverse essentially yeah. is incredible. Um, but then there's also like, you know, Gabe Weiss is, is a homie, um, Sabet, like, and then you see new artists. Um, I think what like the, the new artists that I'll discover on Twitter, it's really cool. Like Twitter's become such a big tool for, I mean, obviously there's crypto Twitter, but also NFT Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is it, it is overwhelming with like, you know, from a PFP standpoint can definitely say this, but there is so much being minted daily 
right? Like, and you only have so much bandwidth. So that's that's the flip side of all of it. Like with you creating content, like, you know, how you both, you know, on the news side plus the podcast side, like, I don't know how you're not like overwhelmed 24 seven. Oh, I am, I am. Yeah, yeah, I am uh, constantly overwhelmed, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's more fun, uh, especially, yeah, like today I had to cancel like two meetings for this Celsius story for the Defiant. Um, it's, it's just a, such a wreck and like trying to understand what was going on there. Um, but, you know, so it goes, it's just another day in crypto world. It is, but we're doing this podcast through like an era where in that era can maybe be weeks long, ideally weeks long, not longer, but, you know, with Luna and then now like seemingly Celsius, I mean, the macro environment's one thing, like it's always been right. Cryptos live through election cycles and all that, but yeah, Celsius last night. Do you feel like with what you've been able to understand, like the, the other shoes about to drop, or do you feel they can avoid crashing on the runway? I don't know. I wish, that, <sighs> like, I, I'm not going to even make like some educated guess. Like you, I'm, I'm not sure. They just, uh, so from what I understand, it's, it's basically like a bank run, you know, like they, they staked their Ethereum and uh, they took a lot out or like they staked the Ethereum that people like you and I and users gave them. And then, you know, Ethereum goes down, they lose the money and people want their money back, just like the 1920s with Great Depression and shit. And then when people come running for the bank, they got to shut down the bank, you know. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Great Depression, they close the banks for seven days. So we'll see how long Celsius is closed for. <laughs> the transferring out to FTX right yeah. before freezing doesn't help. No. You know, optically. Yeah, and Mashinsky is shady from like just his interactions on Twitter. Like, it. I was listening in a spaces earlier today, and um, one of the guys was saying he's like the irony of founders just going super cocky right before, <laughs> like with the tweets that Joe Kwan did and Mashinsky. Like he, I guess, did tweeted something a few days ago that was like try me and like Justin Sun last night was like I'm gonna destroy the short sellers like I just you know facepalm almost yeah. yeah I think uh Tron is that next one to, to really <clears throat> I I messaged one of my biggest early collectors today he's got like 15 of my pieces mm -hmm. um and he out the gate like since I met him early last year he was just shouting celsius from the mountaintop and he commissioned celsius soup cans from me um and then i looked back at our dms this morning and a month ago he was saying how luna is gonna flip like all these different alts like that was the, the latest one he was super hyped about and i was like oh god and so I messaged him today. I'm like, are you okay? And he pretty much had like everything in Celsius. Oh. Yeah. Including like his family. And I'm like, 
He's like, I don't know what the status is. And he lost a quarter of his net worth in Luna. I'm like, fuck. I felt for him. I feel for him. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's uh, it's one thing to like, I don't know, lose your play around money. It's another to lose uh, your your real like your family money or like you know that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So so it goes. But that's yeah. That's like I got my parents into Bitcoin early enough for, and I managed it for them. Like I I gave them the Bitcoin, so I'm like don't think about it for a long time. And like, you know, there's no pressure on my end of, of how it performs. Yeah, no, that that's, that's amazing. I, um, yeah, my stepdad's been getting into it, and, uh, which has been fun to see. Um, my dad though has no idea what it is. Just like <laughs> no idea what I do for a living. Like just not, he couldn't, he couldn't tell somebody like internet magician yeah but that's yeah. as we were talking about like you know the um entry into nfts like in general crypto and the nft space like this is such a foreign language ultimately that that we're able to speak to each other but like to the outside world it's like you what <laughs> what are you what are you talking about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was telling my girlfriend uh, about airdrops. Like, like the idea of an airdrop is just insane to people who aren't in crypto. I mean, it's, it is kind of insane to me and I'm in crypto, but you know, I just got sent like 300 bucks. Like, I don't know why, but here it is. Like, you know, I'm just happy. Yeah. It's wild. But. I will never forget being at lunch with my mom and telling her the, the value of the, the M2 serum that i have that was that i was airdropped from um board apes and i'm like this jpeg it was airdropped I'm like it it's valuable she's like pretty much her response was like just be safe have fun <laughs> like, you know, like concerned mother but not like sure what to do about it yeah yeah it, i mean at some point it's like it's past it's past us yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, and so you, you do these podcasts, is it one a week? Yeah. So I, I typically do one a week. Um, it's almost, I'm, I might start dropping two just because I've been having some really badass guests on, uh, people like yourself and I got a couple, couple awesome ones coming up. So, um, yeah, it might be going two times a week now. We'll see. So. I mean, if, if your post editing's or post-production is not too intensive, like mm -hmm. in schedule permits. I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. I figure why not. I've been, uh, I just experimented with uh, like Wednesday. So I, I write weekly essays and I'm doing cool. my, having my um, like first guest post this Wednesday, which is kind of cool. It's like, wow, like somebody's helping me on and like do, writing their essay, like for my sub stack, like that's crazy. Like that's leverage that I just like, didn't really understand until I saw it just happen. And it was like, that's cool. And it from a from a brand standpoint, it's it's what then makes like what you're doing become larger than yourself and like mm -hmm. larger than life almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody wants to buy a one person business, you know, if you can't replace yourself. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I'm having fun. I'm not even thinking about that stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say.
No, but just like it in the brand association too, like the guest post, I think that's a really great idea. Back when you say writing essays, like, did you fuck with like WordPress and Blogspot back in the day or like, yeah, you did Medium and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, 2016, I ran a music blog uh, with like some homies from college. And so we interviewed some, you know, semi-famous indie musicians and, and just wrote up on, and that was on WordPress. And then, you know, I wrote a blog on, on Medium and wrote there and like experimented. And then once Substack came out, like this is the first time that thing is like Substack plus Twitter combined and crypto, like my work is like actually progressed and, and done well and like taken, like it took a lot of variations of writing. I've been, I mean, I was an English major. I've been writing forever. So it's, uh, I'm fortunate the way that it's worked out now. Well, it's a very strong common interest to have with someone meaning crypto but yeah like from the early days i started checking hacker news pretty much daily um and it seems still like like substack was such a turning point i mean medium sure but like substack has definitely made a mark yeah yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's <laughs> I, I'm very grateful. It's it's changed my life and and will continue to improve my life drastically. As uh, I hope so. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's like you said it. It the multiple variations to be here thus far. It what that means is like you didn't give up or like you didn't do a U-turn. Mm-hmm. Just continuing to. That's like the biggest. Like I've failed in my startups in the past, like I've gotten lucky in the past. Um, but it's like the one thing I always told myself, even when I felt lost, like in the NFT space, it's like, I'm not going to do a U-turn. Like, I'm not going to give up. Like it's just, you continue forward and, and like keep exploring or like, you know, just not losing your pulse on something just because of feeling deterred, uh, at the moment. Yeah, 100%. Just iterations. Uh, like, that's how I think about it. Like, if I lined up every project over the last few years of my life, it's just like, they continuously get better. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of up and down and up and down, but but overall up like that Jack Butcher design, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, it's just fun. It's true. Like the NFT space, like, you know, so after startups, I ended up as creative director for Hyundai and Kia. So for a couple of years, like what you saw in dealerships, um, like that, that messaging, just like brand consistency across the board, like cool. I'm glad I tried corporate America. <laughs> I felt like every day I was living in the office or office space, like <laughs> the movie was one of the yeah. episodes. Um, and then went back to launching product mode, um, largely operating on Shopify it's with the NFT space. It's the most like free I've ever felt as a creative. And again, it, it harkens back to that. What I call like the direct value exchange uh, happening in real time. And also like, you know, cause again, in, NFTs will permeate far beyond the, the creative community. Um, in my opinion, just based on what the functionality is, but uh, in the meantime, like within the, within the creative community, like it's the most connected I've ever felt 
to fellow creatives. Like usually like, you know, you're, it, what happened was in, in my view, it's gone from competition to collaboration. And that's because of, you know, Web3, the blockchain, et cetera. You're no longer like fighting for that one gig, like the, the agency has an opening for. Like you can you can build like in tandem, side by side, you name it. And just that connectivity alone over the last gosh, two years now, like that that's so special because in so many years of being a professional creative, if you will, like ne I'd never felt that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I completely, yeah. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Like Web3, people are just so nice. And like, I I went, went to college like as an English major and people would just like rip your writing apart and, and not in like a helpful way. And just like very critique and not like, just not helpful, just more like the professors want to show that like, they know what they're talking about. And then you get to web three and like CEOs and, and, you know, big, big writers are reading my work and loving it. And it's like, what the hell was I doing there? Like, you know, it's, it, people are just so much nicer uh, when they're all trying to build. Cause like, we're all trying to do this together. Uh, I guess wag me kind of, kind of <laughs> philosophy, but <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a completely different approach where it didn't take you doing anything much different however it's just like plugging it into you know like same with my art like plugging it into more of a like aligned outlet i guess yeah 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 so mid-journey for both of us oh yeah yo on that note uh, i gotta take my dog out uh he's he's getting antsy but it was great chatting man had a lot of fun Likewise, I appreciate it. All right, stay well. And I appreciate you being a collector, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> All right, peace. Ciao.